from the University of Texas at Austin, KUT Radio. This is In Black America. I spoke up for myself and the three musicians or the six musicians I toured with that weren't allowed to stay where I could or, or, or we were all not allowed to go on a swimming pool or something. It had nothing to do with anything except personal attitudes about certain things. I uh, didn't realize that I was speaking for anybody else until, oh, way in the 19, late 1940s. Uh, and of course, as I said, I was raised by a very militant grandmother. I think most of us have grandmothers in our past. And uh, she just taught me that I was human like everybody else. Lena Horne, entertainer, pathfinder, and civil rights activist. A smooth singer of bluesy ballads, Horne appeared on stage in Harlem when she was 14 years old. By age 16, she was singing in the famous Cotton Club. Eventually, she made her way into film, including the popular 1943 musical Stormy Weather and Cabin in the Sky. Her performance in Cabin in the Sky is regarded as one of the finest performances of her career. She played Georgia Brown opposite Ethel Waters and Eddie Anderson in the all-black production. Horn's talent, beauty, and middle-class upbringing help her crack the color barrier in Hollywood. She's often remembered as a pioneer among African-American performers. Also, she became a pinup girl to thousands of African-American GIs during World War II. Her active career spanned six decades, and in 1989, she was awarded the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. This program was first produced in March 1983. I'm John L. Hansen, Jr., and welcome to another edition of In Black America. On this week's program, a Black History Month special, the legendary Lena Horne in Black America. Don't know why there's no sun up in the sky, stormy Since my man and I ain't together Keeps raining all the time My life is bare Gloom and misery everywhere Stormy weather just can't get my poor self together I'm weary all the time the time I think what you really mean is, is survival I've been around a long time yeah feels good to live this long I, I hope that um, my youngest granddaughter, who's 13, will be less blase than my other ones, who are 18 and 16. Uh, they're not interested in traveling abroad or seeing the sights that I thought I was working toward, taking my children and my grandchildren on the grand tour of Europe and even including Africa now. But uh, one of them was born over in Europe, and. Uh, two of them from New York have been everywhere over there when they were little and they're not interested. And I'm praying that the 13-year-old one still is not too blase to take a trip with me. 
if I can just hold out that long. I think women shouldn't really uh, be that insecure. I always was. I wanted to have a better figure. I wanted to be beautiful. I wanted to sing like Aretha Franklin, if there had been Aretha when I was born. I had none of those things, and I made it, you know. So I think it's pretty silly of women to want to be like me. They should want to be beyond, and they shouldn't be envious. Since 1933, when her ambitious stage mother put her into the chorus line of Harlem's famed Cotton Club, Miss Horn has been on stage and in the public eye. Over the years, Lena's had developed a sultry, inimitable Lena Horn singing style for which she is known throughout the world. Lena's first big break as a singer came in 1940 when she was hired by Charlie Barnett, who at that time was the leader of one of the swing era's top big bands. After touring with Charlie Barnett's band, Lena, artistically and psychologically seasoned, struck out on her own, first in Manhattan's famed Cafe Society downtown and then in Hollywood. There, she was discovered by an MGM talent scout who promptly signed her to a long-term contract. Her film debut was far from auspicious. Considered too light for black parts and too dark for white parts, she was relegated to musical scenes that had no connection with the plot and consequently could easily be cut from reels earmarked for distribution in the South. She did, however, star in a couple of all-black movies, Stormy Weather in 1943 and Cabin in the Sky, also in 1943. Lena Horne was Hollywood's first bona fide black glamour star, the first black actress not cast in stereotypical maid and mammy roles. To blacks across this nation, this made her a symbol of black achievement and pride. During World War II, she became the pinup of thousands of black GIs, many of whom went into battle in jeeps, tanks, and aircrafts named after her. Considered by many as the most beautiful woman in the world, Lena takes her beauty in stride. I spoke with Lena on tour with her one-woman show and asked her about her status as a living legend. I haven't been able to answer that question yet, and everybody in each city has asked me. Um, I, think my, my, I think what you really mean is, is survival. I've been around a long time, yeah. Feels good to live this long. I, I hope that... Um, my youngest granddaughter, who's 13, will be less blase than my other ones, who are 18 and 16. Uh, they're not interested in traveling abroad or seeing the sites that I thought I was working toward taking my children and my grandchildren on a grand tour of Europe and even including Africa now. But uh, one of them was born over in Europe and. Uh, two of them from New York have been everywhere over there when they were little and they're not interested. And I'm praying that the 13-year-old one still is not too blase to take a trip with me. If I can just hold out that long. I think women shouldn't really uh, <laughs> be that insecure. I always was. I wanted to have a better figure. I wanted to be beautiful. I wanted to sing like Aretha Franklin, if there had been Aretha when I was born. I had none of those things, and I made it, you know. So I think it's pretty silly of women to want to be like me. They should want to be beyond, and they shouldn't be envious. In her years of USO tours and on the cabaret circuit and in her social life, 
Ms. Horn has always been an outspoken advocate of civil rights. During the historic march on Washington in 1963, she addressed a crowd of demonstrators. Ms. Horn helped break down Jim Crow in entertainment during the 1940s and 50s by insisting on contracts, ensuring that blacks could not be barred from her performances in white establishments. She also refused to entertain white troops during World War II unless black soldiers were admitted also. I asked her if she considered herself a pioneer and about the state of blacks in the entertainment industry and why it was important for Lena Horne to speak up about civil rights. It wasn't important for Lena, Lena Horne. I spoke up for myself and the three musicians or the six musicians I toured with that weren't allowed to stay where I could or, or, or we were all not allowed to go in a swimming pool or something. It had nothing to do with anything except personal attitudes about certain things. I, I didn't realize that I was speaking for anybody else until, oh, way in the 19, late 1940s. Uh, and of course, as I said, I was raised by a very militant grandmother. I think most of us have grandmothers in our past. And uh, she just taught me that I was human like everybody else. The economy isn't that hot, and uh, the movies are suffering, and uh, certainly TV is doing what's tried and true over and over again. So uh, I would say they, they face certain obstacles not to do racially, perhaps, not to do with racism, but uh, uh, the first choice. Uh, that is, they're not the first to be hired. My people. Uh, but I think that's due to the economy. Ah, oh, well, Ethel Waters and Mamie Smith and, and the rest of them, there was a great black singer called Black Patty, who my father remembers, who sang, who was an opera star. And she was named after Adelina Patty, the white singer. So all those laid some groundwork, too, you know. I'm a Johnny-come-lately. Lena Horne has never been one to avoid controversy. In 1950, she announced her three-year-old marriage to Lenny Hayden, her white musical mentor at MGM Studios, at a time when interracial marriages were still illegal in California. Her marriage proved to be one of the most durable ones in Hollywood. It ended in 1971 with Hayden's death. Also within 18 months, Lena's son, Teddy Jones, died of a chronic kidney ailment, and her father, Ted Horn, died. Lena reveals how she was able to cope with such a devastating loss. I have no idea. It must be the way everybody else does. You know, I, I wasn't unique. It, it just happened that uh, they were three people that, that I... Uh, respected terribly and loved a lot. But uh, the man upstairs takes care of all that. You know, you grieve, you grieve, but you put it to use. It's, it's a positive thing sometimes. And every one of them had been nice to me and taught me a lot. So uh, uh, I was not left uh, like the woman who sometimes doesn't want to leave the husband who abuses her because she doesn't know how to work. They taught me how to work. And so I was able to 
survive and take care of my responsibilities. In the early 1950s, due to McCarthyism, her friendship with singer-activist Paul Robeson caused her to be blacklisted in television. Since then, Lena has had two specials in which she has headlined, Harry and Lena with Harry Belafonte in 1970 and Lena and Tony with Tony Bennett in 1972. She has also made numerous television guest appearances, including the TV series Sanford and Son. Well, I love Red. We've known each other a long time, and I knew him before he was famous to the world. I knew him when he only had certain places to work in, and he was brilliant then. And I'm just, I was just happy that he had been discovered, you know what I mean? Miss Horn's first Broadway show in which she starred was in Jamaica in 1957. She will probably be most remembered for her role in the Broadway musical The Wiz with her song, Believe in Yourself. I asked Lena if she had received any film offers since The Wiz. Oh, I have, I have had the offer to be lots of people's mothers and grandmothers. I sort of tend, I sort of lean toward Billy Dee Williams. I would like to have had a son. Well, he's almost as pretty as my son was. But uh, I'm not that anxious. Uh, it would be nice, but uh, I've been reading some, but... Uh, they're mostly monkey see, monkey do, you know. Today, the beautiful widow has divided her time between her career and her grandchildren. Miss Horn is a rather shy, private person off stage. In her spare time, she likes to curl up with a good book, spend time at her Santa Barbara, California retreat harvesting oranges, and worry. <laughs> worry. <laughs> worry about my grandchildren, worry about my daughter. Uh, I, I love to worry. I'm a worrier. Miss <laughs> Horn's most popular recordings include Stormy Weather, Blues in the Night, The Lady is a Tramp, and Mad About the Boy. I asked Miss Horn about her favorite songs. Oh, I hate my recordings. The only one I ever made I care anything about, really, beside the one of the show, is the one I made with Gabo Zabo. Uh... It's good. It's a good album. Now I'm going to sing, sing a sad song about an old broad <laughs> with money. <laughs> she falls in love with a young, young stud. Actually, she should have known better. She couldn't have been so dumb, she wouldn't have had no money. <laughs> Let's say she permitted herself to get weak once in a while. That happens, you know. And let's say that this young, young stud was not always quite as slick as he was supposed to be. That happens sometimes, too. Rarely, but it happens sometimes. After one whole quart of brandy, like a daisy, I awake with no bromo seltzer handy. 
I don't even shake Men are not a new sensation I've done pretty well, I think But this half pint imitation Keeps me on the blink I'm wild again Beguiled again A simpering, whimpering child again Bewitched, bothered and bewildered Am I? my mistake I'll grieve he can laugh and I love it although the laughs on me a pill is he but still he'll be all mine and I intend to keep him until he'll be bewitched bubbled and bewildered just like me oh, I have seen a lot I mean a lot now I'm like sweet 17 and not bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. Am I? Yes. I want to sing to him each spring to him. Worship the trousers that cling to him. Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered am I. Oh, when he speaks, when he speaks, he is seeking words to get off his chest. Horizontally speaking, at his very best I'm vexed again I'm perplexed again thank God I can be oversexed again bewitched bubbled and bewildered am I First I said, no, sir. 
memoirs consist of In Person, Lena Horne, which was published in 1950, and she also co-authored Lena, another biography, in 1965. Ms. Horne's proudest achievements is receiving an honorary Doctorate of Humane Letters from Howard University and having met Eleanor Roosevelt and Mary McLeod Bethune. Meeting Mrs. Roosevelt, you know who she was. Oh, okay. <laughs> She was a good friend of a friend of my grandmother's, Mrs. Bethune. You know Mrs. Bethune. And I think that knowing those women meant a great deal to me. Uh, and I received a doctorate from Howard University I'm very proud of, though I didn't go to school. But uh, they took me in. I like to think about Charlie because it was on account of him writing The Wizard, I got to have this small part in the movie. It, was, it wasn't no big deal, wasn't no big deal. My son-in-law was the director. <laughs> Nepotism never hurt nobody. <laughs> if you got it, use it. Press on with it. Remind them of it. <laughs> I didn't get the part I wanted. I wanted to be the Wicked Witch of the West, Evelina, see, suits my name. But the thing is, my son-in-law said, no, Ma, so you've been stuck with that sweet image so long, you might as well just go on and be the good witch and forget it, you see? And 22 years between movie roles does not leave you no time to sit around, quibble, and act proud and be cute. You just take whatever they offer you, you know, do the best you can with it. I, uh, I was grateful. And uh, of course, I was happy when I made Stormy Weather and uh, Cabin in the Sky. Then, of course, I made all those movies where I stood like this and did my thing, see? All right, now, those I'm not going to knock because that and Stormy Weather was what made me have a career. All the black men in the Second World War wrote to Metro Goldwyn Mayer and said, Thank you for giving us our own pinup girl. We now can put a picture in our foot lockers because a lot of places where they were, they couldn't put Betty Grable's picture in there, see? But they were safe with my picture. So I, I, I'll admit to you that the... <laughs> so they, they made my career. And then, of course, all those pretty songs that I sang earlier in the first part of the act. When I went to Europe, places where they didn't know much about me, they knew the songs, and they were pretty and literate, and people liked them. Now, there no more than six of you out here will remember that there was once a year called 1940. Now, I don't want the other 98% of you to waste a second thinking about this time. It was a dumb year, nothing really great happened. But this was the year that my 20% well, you only, you only one of six. Okay, hang right in there with me. This was when my 20%, now see, I was dumb right along with the year. I was giving this dude 
20% of my $75 a week plus coffee that I was making at Cafe Society, see? He says to me, we got to get you to Hollywood. Within your heart, you know that no one can change the path that you must go. Believe what you feel and know your right because the time will come around when you say it's yours believe that you can go home entertainer, pathfinder, and civil rights activist. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions as to future In Black America programs, email us at jhanson, H-A-N-S-O-N, at kut.org. Also, let us know what radio station you heard is over. 
The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station or of the University of Texas at Austin. You can hear previous programs online at KUT.org. Until we have the opportunity again for technical producer David Alvarez, I'm John L. Hanson, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. Please join us again next week. CD copies of this program are available and may be purchased by writing In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, 300 West Dean Keaton Boulevard, Austin, Texas, 78712. That's In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, 300 West Dean Keaton Boulevard, Austin, Texas, 78712. This has been a production of KUT Radio.